Welcome to Sport Faith Life with Brian Bolt and Chad Carlson, two guys who came together for one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. They are sports scholars, they're coaches, and they're competitive athletes, or at least they were. And together, they've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Well, welcome to Sport Faith Life. Uh, I'm here with my partner, Chad Carlson, and we are entering the next version of our series in which we, Chad and I, walk through the fruits of the Spirit and the seven deadly sins and try to make applications to sport. And we're going back and forth between a fruit of the Spirit and a deadly sin or a deadly vice. And today we are we are on the fun side, which is the vice side. So we'll we'll spend a little bit of time there. I know that's terrible. Uh, we're going to spend some time today talking about the deadly sin of anger, anger as it relates to sport. And this one, Chad, seems like it will be a little easier on the front end because sport brings so much anger. But I think as we get further and further into it, we're going to end up defining anger in lots of different ways, uh, trying to figure out maybe it's pluses along with its minuses and determining how a faithful Christian engaging in sport intersects with anger. And I think this will be uh, interesting, challenging, just like all the other ones. It'll be interesting to hear what you have to say. Let me just set the table a little bit just by saying this. Anger is a tricky one because there's something about anger that uh, seems appropriate in certain places. And if we go to the Bible, mm-hmm. we have examples. We, we have a God who is described at times as angry, right? The wrath of God, right? And we mm-hmm. have uh, we have famous sermons like Jonathan Edwards, sinners in the hands of a what? In the hands of an angry God, right? So uh, we have this idea that anger is a part of the deity in some way. Uh, we have moments, moments at least, where Jesus seems certainly frustrated and potentially angry. And I think at one point in one of the Gospels, Jesus is described as angry. Uh, so we have this example of anger being a part of, of, of God. And we certainly have anger in uh, humanity, right? We have anger that seems wrong most of the time, but right some of the time. Righteous anger. So we have uh, this back and forth with anger. And so... I'm just going to start with that, Chad, before we get directly uh, into sport. Tell me, as you're thinking about this, were you thinking about the negatives of anger as a, as a deadly sin, but also maybe some some positives of anger? Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to wrestle with that myself. I I mean, I, lo- I actually... I actually love to feel <laughs> anger in the world of sport. Mm. And I'm I'm ashamed to say that, but sometimes it just feels really good. And it's a side of me that doesn't often come out, right? I'm, I'm not an angry person, and nor are you, Brian. And so I rarely get angry in my life outside of the world of sport. I will say, you know, there have been times uh, when my kids were really young and, and we were still tr- sort of trying to um, uh, mo- 
mold their behavior into that which we thought was appropriate. And and our kids are strong-willed. And so there were moments when I, I got angry with them, I would say. But otherwise, I don't... I don't generally experience anger outside the world of sport. And so sometimes when I do, it just feels, it feels <laughs> yeah. good. It's like a, it's like therapy it's a drug. for my soul Somehow in some it, ways, it, right? Uh, it, it gives you an opportunity to practice another side of yourself. Certainly a side of yourself that uh, doesn't come up in daily life, hopefully, right? Because uh, we are going to call this a deadly sin. We are going to ultimately, I think... Um, feel like our role will be to minimize anger, be slow to anger for sure. But it will be interesting to try to figure out where anger and how anger surfaces in sport and where it may play a role. Are you, uh, Chad, talking about being angry as a fan? Well, right. So there's different, uh, uh, right. I've had different experiences of anger based on my my role within the world of sport. And yeah, I would say my anger, I, I, I experience anger fairly regularly towards uh, referees or officials as, as a, as a fan, right. As a spectator. Um, yeah. Something about that. I think there's some darkness in my heart that becomes evident when I'm watching team sports, specifically where I'm uh, very much a partisan fan as a coach. I certainly mm. felt that anger uh, towards officials specifically. And and oftentimes then I I will transfer some of that anger towards, uh, I guess it's very similar to maybe not exactly an envy, but I transfer some anger towards Mm -hmm. uh, an opposing team or or, or coaches at times. As a player then it it sort of, I felt like I had more agency. And so I I think anger came out less, um, but when it came out, it came out Mm. in in a more sinful way for sure. And I, I think that's the, the rub for me is trying to figure out, you know, when, because at times, like you said, our, we have a, a God who has shown uh, anger many times. And in fact, we're, we're told in Ephesians to be angry, not to sin, but, but to be angry at, at, in particular circumstances. And so I'm trying to, to figure out, you know, what's, what, what's the line here for me when, when my anger causes, causes me to sin. And sometimes it causes me to sin by leading to unhealthy emotions or thoughts that I have. And other times it leads to harmful behavior. And 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 both of those things would be I and mean, both of those consequences would be would Yeah, be and I wonder if to walk us forward on this, it wouldn't be helpful to just name some of the places where anger shows up in sport. And then after we've put a few of those on the table, perhaps we can figure out if there's an appropriate anger uh, and if there's an inappropriate anger and then maybe some uh, characteristics of anger, uh, some things that maybe we could figure out and say, okay, this is a sign that uh, we've, we've missed it. Uh, So let me start with a few. Uh, One you mentioned already, which is this sort of knee jerk response to things that go against us in sport. And often it's going to be an official. Yeah. Right. A, a, it's a bad call. Yeah, they're always, yeah, out. They're yeah. always out to get me. And yeah. My teams. The truth and is those officials always are always out to get you. <laughs> and maybe that's a clue. I, I said yeah. we were going to just put them on the table, but let's just unpack that a little bit. You, you called yourself partisan. We're all really partisan. So our ability to be rational mm-hmm. uh, in those moments is pretty questionable. Mm-hmm. Right. Our ability to see something as... Um, at least objective, is really difficult when you pick a side and are so clearly on one side. Uh, so, and you see this all the time, right? In fact, uh, there's your sport, basketball, uh, 
working the officials is often considered part of the deal. Part, you know, there are certain sports that yeah. uh, it's it's kind of impossible to work the officials. I mean, if you're in, in hockey and you're behind the glass, they're not going to hear you. And if you are in soccer, you can, right. you know, wave your arms, but they're a long way from you. Ba- basketball, you're pretty close. And the guy runs, uh, or woman, runs by you multiple times in a game uh, within earshot, for sure. And so I know coaches use their uh, presence as a means of uh, trying to influence referees. Is that is that true, Chad? Oh, absolutely it is. And and we do it so much more when when we are insecure about our own team's abilities, you know, relative to the competition. And it's it's absolutely gamesmanship. And um I, I can remember expressing a whole lot of anger, especially the seasons where I felt like my teams weren't weren't as good or went into games thinking that there's a good chance we were gonna lose. I needed every advantage I could I could get. And and that was the case. And I find myself to be so much less <laughs> magnificent when when it comes to officials, because mm-hmm. I, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. I, again, I think they're always out to get me. I think they're always being unfair. And that's just, uh, and I'll express my anger to them in ways that I just, you know, I leave the court, the final buzzer sounds, and I'll think, boy, I mm. I just I just failed. I failed as a human being. I can remember one point in time in particular, this was really uh, poignant for me, that I had uh, a ref for, for one of my games that I was coaching uh, junior varsity game here at, at Hope, and uh, one of the refs was actually my boss, mm. uh, my, my dean, and and I I, I thought he wasn't <laughs> treating the game like he should have. I think there's questions about whether he should have been officiating that game in the first place, but nevertheless, it was a junior varsity game, and so I, I expressed some anger towards him. And after the game, my my ten year old daughter, who knew that that the ref was, was my boss, uh, came down in tears wow. thinking I was going to lose my job okay. because I had been yelling at my boss. Yeah. Um, very perceptive in that. So I had to try to explain to her that uh, anger <laughs> towards referees is justified <laughs> oh, is because it's in the world of sport. And as, as I was saying that, I just thought, oh my gosh, what am I saying? This is blasphemy. This is terrible. Um, so that was, a, that was a reality check for me. But, but you're absolutely right. I think in, in the world of basketball, we, we try to use that to our advantage. And, and, and I think that's a whole, a whole other issue we could unpack. But nevertheless, I think the, the, the anger that I, that I expressed and in my mind justifying it by saying, you know what, it's basketball. Referees expect me to yell at them as a coach. And, and the other coach is expecting me at the, to yell at the ref. I'm expecting him to yell at the ref. I mean, what kind of, what kind of experience is that if we're all going in expecting that we're going to be angry at each other. Right? It just doesn't sound good at all when you think of it in those terms. Well, thanks terms. for introducing it that way. I think there's there's a really rich discussion that we've probably had in other podcasts as well about the location of sport or the space of sport. And it might be that, um, yeah. you know, when we talk about sport, it, it operates in its own space or in its own sub-universe, we sometimes say. And, and that's a fun conversation, but I don't want to go there right now. Let's just stay on this idea of anger. And I, I think identifying it with officials and and maybe the other team or the other coach um, might be placed things that we can resonate with. Certainly, as fans, we resonate with the refs having it, you know, being out to get us. That always happens, right? I'm wondering too if I could throw this one in there. Okay. So there's a couple of types of competitive anger too that I want to draw our attention to and see what what we think of these. The first one is uh, self anger. So. 
uh, I coach a golf team, right? And there are lots of uh, mm. expressions yeah. of yeah. self-anger because you hit the shot, right? You made the mistake. You missed the putt. You shanked the iron. You hit the ball out of bounds. And you'll see occasionally, mm. you know, a club go twirling through the air. You'll see um, a lot of... <laughs> thigh slaps, like really like hitting yourself that moment. And this happens in other sports. It just doesn't have the same opportunity to, for everybody to see it, the self anger. But when you miss a shot that you shouldn't have made, missed, right? Um, there are moments, there are quick expressions of self anger. Is that the same thing? I'm, I guess I'm wondering. And what purpose would it play? Cause it is, it's anger. It's, it's anger itself right. for, for missing the moment. Oh, golf's such a uh, such a rich <laughs> case study for that, right? Um, one of the reasons why I don't play much golf at all is because of the the self anger that I experience. You're absolutely right, I, and um, you know, for me, this this boils down to to whether the the behavior that comes from the anger is harmful or not. Um, I, I'm thinking to a, a similar sport, um, you know, tennis, where I was I was taught growing up, like if you make a mistake and you're angry. Um, do something like slap your thigh and then let that be the end of it. And this was sort of, this, this came from, you know, our local municipal coach who was a, an amateur sports psychologist who just sort of said, you know, like, like all tennis coaches are and golf coaches as well. So, so find a way to sort of uh, acknowledge that the anger is there, but then you've got to bury it at some point in time, or you've got to, you've got to move on past it. And so it was that one thing that, that one behavior, you know, slapping your thigh, like you mentioned, we slapped our thigh. All right, now I'm moving on. I got it. That was my, that was my response to my anger. That was my reaction. Right. And so that's, that's generally not terribly harmful. Throwing a, a club. I mean, there's, there's like the reason why I never did that as a kid, as, as much as I wanted to is because hmm. I didn't have enough money to be able to, you know, replace that club. If I, if I tossed a club, I was, I was, it was that rare. Was it's very rare to see a, a club toss. So a lot of times you'll see a ball toss. You know, you you you, you miss a putt, you tap it in. Yeah. You'll see an angry player. None of mine, by the way, right? But an an angry player will take no, it and, and no. throw it into the pond. I have seen just one time a wedge tossed over a hill, and there was a pond on the other side. And thankfully for this person the wedge lodged itself straight up it stuck right in the bottom of the pond with the handle still above so we, this player was able to go in there and fish it out otherwise uh it would be gone like you said so what what about a club smash like you know yeah uh, striking the ground yeah, with so the I club think, i think both uh, in you don't anger. see that, how often do you see that i mean for some for one reason nobody wants to break your club two uh you know golfers at this level are yeah. we we call them ragers like occasionally you'll have a rager but our guys will laugh hmm. at a rager right so yes we get mad but ultimately it's more rare to have somebody really just lose it all the time uh it kind of it you know if you're competing against that person it, you just you kind of find it funny uh, but yeah, there are, sure, you know, sure. slap the putter head, uh, there are quick moments, uh, in golf and tennis, uh, there are, uh, rules against excessive anger and you can call them. They're rarely called, mm -hmm. but, um, mm -hmm. tennis, uh, racket abuse, I think is something that is real. You know, yeah, you slam sure, your racket sure down, uh, and occasionally at, uh, 
at professional levels would see that, like real tirades. John McEnroe was famous for his his tirades. So oh, there were yeah. uh, a lot of a, a lot of sports, right? We just see anger all the time. And what I'm wondering is, okay, it, we're seeing it as, okay, let's get that out. Let's get that out of there. Let me put it in a different context for you and see if this changes it. Now, I have lots of long rides with my my players, and they'll sometimes say, well, we could tell you were mad, coach, We were, right? You're, we could tell you were mad, right? And the truth is I was <laughs> probably, right? When they say that, I was probably mad. I was mad at their performance. I was mad at their thinking. I was mad at, at something, right? Their lack of thinking. Um, but other times, too, they will they'll say, coach, you said this, or you said, coach said that, which is kind of humbling. But in the end, I'll say sometimes I'm intentionally trying to show anger, right? I'm trying to be theatrical because mm. I need, an, there's an urgency to the moment that I need them to wake up and get serious. And so I wonder about that. I know a lot of coaches coach uh, with anger, whether real anger or maybe put upon dramatic kind of anger to try to get the attention. You said you're sometimes angry at your kids. You're not, ultimately you love your kids, but you're trying to correct a behavior in the moment. Um, so I guess, uh, what about that as a, as a method for right. coaches? Should we pull it off the table? Yeah. Well, as you're saying this, I'm thinking of um, a, a muscular Christian, a well-known coach from the early part of the 20th century, Amos Alonzo Stagg, who referred to that as <laughs> evangelism. He said that's how he, that's what he called it. He would, you know, he would have these mm, halftime evangelisms with his team. And really what it was is him just sort of berating them because he wanted to change their behaviors. It wasn't that he actually uh, hated them or, or he was angry with their behavior, but he needed to get that point across. And I can absolutely track with that. So uh, I'm interested in, in you sort of fleshing this out some more. I mean, uh, are your players in, in, I mean, are they on to that as well? Like, like understanding what's behind the anger that you show or are there times when, when they see that you are actually angry as opposed to sort of motivational anger, if there's yeah, even I a difference the line in terms of behavior? Pretty, I, I don't have to try all that much, but there, there will be times where I could just withdraw, right? I could, I could not engage the moment, particularly in golf where I may not say anything or you say something at the end. Um, and, but there are, I can't do that because there are eight, 10, 12, 15 holes left to play and I need them to wake up now. And so if there's a moment that I can use like that, was a bonehead play. What you just did there, you made a it. They you made an error, right? Uh, a lot of people will tell you too. A lot of coaches will sort of use this sort of binary. I will. Uh, I won't get mad at a physical mistake. I'll get mad at a mental mistake. That sort of thing. And I, hmm. I think that that's oversimplification as well, because a lot of physical mistakes hmm. are manifested by lack of attention lack of preparation, lack of, um, I, I think, engaged decision-making. Um, and so it is amazing, uh, I think, in, in all of athletics, how a wayward mind or a lack of focus can lead to poor performance. And 
what you're attempting to do in any coaching circumstance is get players to be intensely focused and intensely uh, calm, right? So nobody is going to shoot a good three-pointer if they're tense or tight, but they're going to play a lot better with Mm -hmm. extreme focus. And so both those things uh, kind of operate Mm -hmm. in tension. So I I think our players, I I coach adults, uh, you know, 20, I have to speak with them openly about these sorts of things. Uh, But I think, you know, it's not that hard to generate real emotion in a time that I really need it. Um, And so the the question is, is that that appropriate? Would a Christian not do that? Uh, Those are those are tough questions. Yeah. And I think like, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want it to sound like we're trying to rationalize uh, our behaviors necessarily, but I, I think that there might be something there that leads to your question about whether there's maybe a good kind of anger. And Please. is it all right if yeah. I go down this, this path right now? Um, so I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, um, Aristotle's idea of um, righteous indignation as being actually virtuous. That is, we can be indignant, you know, angry about something where there's an actual injustice occurring or, or something's not not optimal, that there's an anger there that, that could be justified, at least in terms of secular ethics. And I, I think this is actually probably the way that if we were really to... To, to do meta ethics surrounding Jesus Christ's behavior, especially times when he was angry. I think this is what we what we'd come to that there was there was something righteous behind his anger. That is the the anger wasn't wasn't it didn't produce harm. It actually produced good. And so I what I hear from from you is that there are moments, and I, I've experienced these myself as as a coach and even as a player too, when anger is to get the <laughs> athlete's head out of their rear, you know, rear or or whatever else, right? That you are actually when you, that you you could tell your 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 golfer your your athlete golfers Ouch. are athletes right yeah you, okay <laughs> I thought this was going to be a short I'm podcast just, but now all right, we just seeing if you're talk about that yes go ahead just all just good. seeing if you were listening just seeing if you were listening okay um, <laughs> what you're essentially saying to your player is you're not playing as well as you can. I'm going to try to get you to play a lot better because I think that's, you know, that's better for you. And so you're actually like the anger that you might be showing towards an athlete who's, who's not doing what they should be is there's a, there's a telos there that's positive, right? There's something good that's supposed to come out of that. Now you could, you could yell and scream and swear. And, and I heard a, um, a college baseball team I was watching this weekend. I heard uh, one coach doing a lot of that. And I, I see that as being a bit more harmful to one's sort of emotions and psyche or, you know, you could you could be stern, you could show some anger, uh, but it wouldn't have to be you know an ad hominem attack on on a player's character. I think so much as, hey, you're not doing what you need to be doing, and it's disappointing. And I'm ang- and and the anger would be something that would motivate um, a player without being an attack on on the person. So I see that as being maybe what we could be you know righteous indignation. That the idea that that there are there are actually times when when our anger is directed. Yeah, and that, that I like the way you describe that. I think as I was thinking about anger and righteous anger, or righteous indignation, that word justice always comes in. You're always thinking about there is an injustice. We need to be angry about this injustice and we need to make um, things closer to the way they ought to be. We need to try to intervene in that space to see if we can make things better. 
these justices are, are small j often, right? So what we're doing here is like not playing very yep. well yep. or sure. uh, not giving of yourself fully for the team, right? So maybe it's just a slightly better uh, version of that. Uh, which I've I've had conversations with my team about that as well. Let's let's all try to play for each other, even though in golf we never see each other, right? We're playing for each other, and that is sort of a commitment to the team, a commitment to the responsibility for excellence, to shoot for excellence. And so, I do think that there's something there. I think the danger of like you said, making space for this or rationalizing it would be that most of the time when it's uh, just ourselves, like an injustice to ourselves, it's easy to be self-delusional, right? Um, And so maybe one check or one marker uh, for any of us is like, what am I getting out of this? Uh, Is is my anger really... um, because of some sort of insecurity of my own, some sort of, uh, right. You know, I think we really have to check our anger when it is sort of self-serving anger, when it's other serving anger, Mm -hmm. it's a bit more about, it can be a bit more about justice. Uh, and it doesn't mean that it can't happen that way, but I just think that when we think about anger and the use of anger, the employment of anger in a positive way, it's easy for us to get fixated on ourselves in ways that there might be better alternatives. And that might be uh, one of the things that would help us get through this. One of the things that we people will say about anger, particularly, um, I, I think uh, maybe Aquinas uh, talked about this. Again, I'm, I'm throwing out a name here. I'm not sure. But the idea that the anger is sometimes too quick, right? So we say slow to anger. Um, and maybe it's disproportionate, right? So we start thinking about bringing a certain amount of anger, particularly in a sports circumstance, that is way over and above, right? So you mentioned coaches kind of sometimes doing that, right? It's disproportionate. And the last piece of anger is that it's too long, that in, in certain circumstances, we carry things on, and then it becomes an inability to forgive. So I think uh, when we think about anger, those are some good checks. One, uh, is it possible I'm deceiving myself? Uh, and then other parts of this, uh, can, we, can we minimize any destructive element of anger uh, by, by checking how, if we became angry too fast— uh, our anger is disproportionate or we're, we're just letting it linger. Yeah, I, I can absolutely resonate with, with both of those. And I, I find that for me, the, the line is, um, for, to your first point, um, is it justice that I'm after or is it um, meeting of my expectations that I'm after? You know, so I, if I enter into an athletic event, either as a participant or a coach or an athlete, um, is my anger arising out of the fact that I think there was actually injustice that occurred or at the, at, or things, you know, could be better that I have agency towards making better? Or is it, am I angry because uh, what I expected to happen isn't happening? You know, like I expected victory uh, over this team and it's not happening. So that would be the first thing. And that, that's the way that I, I sort of parse that out in my mind. And then the second thing I think comes from, from 
from in my mind from familiarity and i'm I'm pretty heavily in the the youth sports circuit right now with with my kids and their ages and there are times when i enter the <laughs> uh metaphorical arena knowing who our opponents are knowing them really well and and my blood is boiling before things have even started because of the duration what you're talking about here and because of my inability to to forgive forget you know whatever else so so practically speaking those are the tensions that that absolutely align with what you just said and so i i appreciate i think too up. as you're bringing that up and i've been in those youth sports spaces as well right and you know the the little league coach who just keeps sending kids in and you're losing by 15, 16, 17, and they just keep the arm waving and these kids, <laughs> and you know you can't do anything to stop it, right? In football, it's the it's the running downhill Absolutely. and you just yep. know that your defense can't stop it. And, and the score is, it's the running up the score mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. that uh, sort of in, engenders this anger, right? It, it makes you angry at the other side. The, yeah. the thing that I'm... Uh, well aware of, but not maybe not in the moment, is that we're creating narratives that are likely untrue, right? We're creating a motive in another team, another player, another coach that is it's probably not true. Uh, but because we're not connected to those people, because they're on the other side, we can have that anger toward them, right? Uh, and so I think that's one thing that... Uh, Another good check is for us to remember that, uh, you know, when those movies start playing in your head, which is a pretty natural thing for all of us, uh, a lot of those things are going to be not based in reality. We're, you know, even in, in sort of racing sports, and I think especially in racing sports, I'm thinking of, you know, distance running, middle to, to shorter, long distance racing, and then and then cycling. In some ways, like you're you're taught to to dehumanize your opponent, mm. specifically that person right ahead of you. And the idea is put a target on their back and, and you need to shoot at that target. Or, um, I, I have a, a friend that, that actually, that did some, some racing and told me like, I need to, I need to hate that person in front of me because I need to catch them and pass them. And, and what fuels me is, is like this, um, this faux hatred towards that person where, like you said, you're, you're creating this movie and it's a horror movie in your mind uh, where, where you're the villain. And, and so to play that out, like that's, that's motivational fuel. That's what helps you to get that extra ounce out of your person in order to be able to get there. It's dehumanizing that person. And, uh, you know, what was the movie, the, the movie Waterboy, where really to flip the switch, the main character, like who is a super nice and gentle person playing football, um, sort of had these delusional visions of the other team, like, uh, making snarky comments about him or making fun of his mother or whatever else. And that just fueled this rage, right? It's it's like that type of thing happening um, that oftentimes produces particular results in the in the sport. But boy, it just seems to be a harmful practice. I, overall, uh, right? When I taught my sort of philosophy of sport classes, I would use a film that I think was just very helpful. Uh, but it wasn't about sport. It was about chess. It was called Searching for Bobby Fischer. And there's a famous scene where the the teacher uh, is talking to a 10-year-old kid and says to him, you have to hate your opponent. And the boy says, well, I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, but you must. You have to have contempt for them. And the boy says, well, I, well, I right. don't. Um, 
And that's kind of the crux of the film there, that big question of whether or not the performance, the ultimate excellence requires that level of contempt. And it certainly exposes us if that's what it takes, doesn't it? It does. I mean, we, we feed into this, you and I, right? We, we have, we're, we work at rival schools and, and intensely rivalrous. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and that carries over. Mm-hmm. It's got a history. That's what a rivalry is, right? A rivalry is not the present. It's the past. Uh, and it's carrying over for, oh, uh, in this case, decades. Um, and so I think you started this conversation saying, but I kind of like it. I kind of like being angry in sport. And I guess I'll, I, I think we ought to end it there, too. Uh, there is a playfulness about this anger as well that I don't want to miss. Uh, and again, I don't want it to sound like we're justifying it, but there is something about the space of sport where this, this playfulness, uh, has a tension, a significant tension. Um, we got, we all know where anger goes awry, but we also know where there's this in some ways, whimsical anger that fuels the joy of sport. Am I, am I going too far on that one, Chad? I, I absolutely, my heart resonates with what you're saying because yep, that's, Mm. that's where my experiences have been. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, what fun, uh, to dig into anger, uh, here on sport faith life. And as always, uh, we will uh, reflect on these sorts of things. Please send us your comments if you if you have any. And we will move on to our next Fruit of the Spirit uh, the next time we meet. Thanks for tuning in to the Sport Faith Life podcast, a conversation at the intersection of sport and faith. Read the corresponding blog post and learn more about us at sportfaithlife.com. Listen to more of our podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with everything sport, faith, life.